Hello all and welcome all to another edition of the DFS Today podcast presented by SportsEthos.com. I am your host Mike LaFemina and tonight we are going to be recapping the week that was week 13 in the NFL and doing a quick look ahead and live pricing reaction to the week 14 main slate board. Uh, week 13 was pretty interesting, not so great on my end with a few of my calls, got a few things right, um, personally had a pretty tough week on the DraftKings side of things, but, um, I think there was a lot of ways you could go in tournaments this week. There was a lot of consensus on what the cash game build should be. And there was a lot of optionality, even though it was only a 10-game slate, to try some different things. And you were rewarded for some of that. Um, Mine were not, but... Nonetheless, let's get into it at quarterback this week. It was a, you have Brock Purdy, you did pretty well for yourself week. Uh, I suggested Purdy as a cash game lock this week, and it turns out that he was a tournament winner as well. I didn't see this type of game going his way. Um, he, he outperformed a little bit what I thought he would to the tune of over 300 yards passing, which was the theory of the play for sure, but was also able to get four passing touchdowns on 19 of 27 through the air. Um, just a great performance by the 49ers in general. Their, the offense was humming, especially after the first two series where they got off to a little bit of a slow start. Uh, the defense was locked in. Um, right, we knew coming in that Philly has been getting smoked by opposing quarterbacks. And that was... The case this week as well. Purdy just was dialed in, had a few uh, long plays to Debo Samuel, who we'll touch on in a little bit, but he went absolutely nuts. It was just a you you could see it coming. Um, stupidly, I didn't take my own advice and play enough Purdy in tournaments. I kept them to just cash games. I had one Purdy line, but wasn't uh, didn't have the right pieces around it to really do anything. But a lot of the top of the leaderboards, if you looked at them, Purdy was the quarterback. Now, in the beginning of the day, it looked like it was going to be those who played the Gardner Minshews and the Sam Howells, who both eclipsed 20 DraftKings points uh, at 5,300 for Minshew and 6,200 for Howell that they the cheap quarterback route was going to be the way to go, even though 
you know, it, it did come to that as Purdy was only 6,100. And to pay up for studs elsewhere. Uh, my favorite GPP play of the week was Tua. He was fine. He got up to 19 points. It looked like he was on his way to a nuclear day, but Washington just had a very, very tough time uh, keeping up. We got a pick six by the Dolphins. We had three rushing touchdowns by the Dolphins. So um, ultimately it was, you know, it was a fine game. His pricing was a little too... Heavy at 7,900 to really, he's he really had to go off a la Purdy to make a difference in tournaments, uh, and it just it wasn't meant to be. Uh, some other standout performances, I'd say you did all right for yourself, depending on who you played around it. If you had Flacco at 4,600, Gardner 17 points for you. Uh, Matthew Stafford got up to 23 points, basically, at 5,900. You know, but it was just tough to keep pace when Purdy outscored the next closest guy, which was Jalen Hurts, by nine points. Um, And at that price tag, it just, if you didn't have Purdy, it was a very difficult route to the top of tournaments. Uh, Some underperformers at the quarterback position this week. Uh, Baker Mayfield was a little bit of a disappointment, even though he was only 5,500. He was a fairly popular cheap option going against Carolina, uh, only turning in 10.88 DraftKings points. Justin Herbert uh, certainly was a letdown in New England as the Chargers were only able to get up six points as a team uh, to the tune of seven points. Point nine, basically eight DraftKings points for eight thousand. You're paying a thousand dollars a point for Justin Herbert. That is not going to get it done. He did get hurt, but Kenny Pickett uh, was not having a good game, as hoped before the injury. That was a weird game with two long delays in it. Uh, you know, three point one DraftKings for Kenny Pickett. I'm not gonna. Get on his case too much due to the injury. Who knows what could have happened as the game went on. Uh, CJ Stroud was a slight disappointment. Only 16 DraftKings points at that 8,100 price tag. Moving on to running back. The top scorer of the day was Alvin Kamara. Captain Checkdown in Derek Carr was alive and well. Uh, Kamara was able to turn that into six catches for 58 yards on eight targets, but was able to find the end zone twice on the ground, 14 carries for 51 yards, totaling in basically 29 DraftKings points. The big dog, Derek Henry, was right on his heels at 2,800 or 28 DraftKings points, uh, 21 carries, 102 yards, and two touchdowns. And that was with leaving the game a little early um, due to, I think it was a concussion. Um, James Conner, the revenge game with two touchdowns at 5,800 for 25 DraftKings points. Chuba Hubbard uh, had a great game 
in Tampa Bay, you know, you normally attack them through the air, but Hubbard was able to go for 25-104 and two touchdowns on the ground for 25 DraftKings points. Achan continues to produce when he is given the opportunity. The game got away, uh, so it was a much more run-heavy game script for the Dolphins in the second half, but 17-73 and two on the ground and three catching three of four targets for 30 yards and totaling 25 DraftKings points. So if you look at the prices from the top performers, right, you had Alvin Kamara, who was the second most expensive running back on the board, lead the way, but he was not getting played. It was just a tough price tag for Kamara, uh, given how much Jamal Williams had been involved lately. But in hindsight, it made a lot of sense, given the injury to Michael Thomas being out. Um, Rashid Shaheed was ruled out at a time. It was very, very iffy whether Chris Olave was Olave was going to go. You know, so instead of forcing it to A.T. Perry and Jawan Johnson, I think the Saints made a concerted effort to get Alvin Kamara going uh, against a pretty shaky Lions defense. And, you know, it was, in hindsight, like I said, that was probably something I would have liked to bet on more. But uh, I just, for 8200 I just couldn't see myself getting there. Derrick Henry was the play that I was beating myself up over as I was watching it happen. The Colts defense is rather shaky. I just... Couldn't get in my head that the Titans were going to be able to move the ball very much, uh, but move the ball they did. It's December. It's Derrick Henry time. Uh, Well, we'll see moving forward, but divisional game, you know, just at home. It it was a perfect Derrick Henry spot at a very, you know, very, very affordable price. With no ownership, really. A little disappointed in myself that I was not on the Derrick Henry play. Connor and Hubbard, tough spots. Uh, Nobody, not nobody, but uh, not something I was really interested or considering in. And if I had to do it all over again, you know. At Pittsburgh is not a spot I'm looking to attack, especially for the Cardinals. You know, I know Connor got there, but, you know, no regrets on that one or Chuba Hubbard. You know, he did assert himself as the lead guy for Carolina, but it's been going back and forth between him and Miles Sanders as of late. So tough to see that dominant of a workload coming from Hubbard. And quite frankly, that efficient of a day on the ground going against Tampa's run defense. Some disappointments. Uh, Javante Williams was a pretty chalky pick at 5,700, only was able to get to 10 DraftKings points. Uh, Bijan Robinson at 6,700. It was a tough matchup with the Jets. 
still would have seen like to seen some more passing game work for him at but was only able to get to 11 DraftKings points. Zach Moss had a low, um, you know, a lower end outcome than many were expecting. I still think the play and spot was phenomenal. Uh, kind of a weird game for Indy at 4,600. I given the workload that we've seen from Moss get when Jonathan Taylor is not around, I'd play that play a hundred. Out of 100 times, he only got 7.7 DraftKings points today or yesterday, but that's the way it goes sometimes. Uh, still would do it. Jalen Warren was very disappointing. I was heavily into him for GPPs considering the way I, I kind of view him as like a, a very comparable back to Kyron Williams, who just absolutely smashed the Cardinals the week before at home, great spot to be in. Uh, and to only get 6.5 DraftKings points was, you know, a little, t- even with Mitch and Trubisky coming in, you know, pretty disappointing. Gibbs was a little disappointing at 6,700, getting 6.4 DraftKings points. And once again, the Chargers as a whole on offense were disappointing, but you were really left in the dust if you were paying up to be contrarian for an 8.3K Austin Eckler getting you 4.7 DraftKings points. Moving on to receiver, and the man of the day was Debo Samuel, 6.2K, 38.8. DraftKings points. He was just that animal out there. Uh, had three carries for 22 yards and a score, and four catches for 116 yards and two touchdowns. So look, these Debo games, he has a few every year. I'd love to do a little project uh, when I do get some time to see. I always feel like it's later in the year, kind of like Derrick Henry, you know, It builds up and it builds up and then it becomes Debo time. He's fully healthy. Uh, It was nice to see three for 22. You know, just looking at his last four games, three carries, 29 yards, touchdown. Uh, Against Tampa Bay, only had the one attempt for negative one yards. But then against Seattle on Thanksgiving, four for 15 and a score. Three for 22 and a score against Philadelphia. So that's three rushing touchdowns over the last four weeks on 11 attempts. So, and previous to that, you know, he hadn't had whole lot of work he had a couple games with five attempts back in week five against dallas and week two against the rams but it really seems like the 49ers are starting to turn that up and making debo a very very interesting high ceiling play moving forward nico collins was awesome unfortunately tank dell did leave early with an injury on a play he probably shouldn't have been in on uh Regardless, uh, nine catches for 191 yards and a touchdown. That's two straight games over 100 yards and a touchdown for Mr. Nico Collins, who's been a revelation this year. 
just really solid performances, even with big games from Tankdale. CJ Stroud has proven to be able to um, carry along multiple pass catchers in this Texans offense, and Collins and Tankdale have been the main beneficiaries of it, uh, of that. Um, and, you know, 7% ownership on Nico Collins in some of the bigger contests, um, or under 10%. Debo Samuel, low teens, you know, not a lot of guys were on these plays. Tyreek Hill was somebody I was very excited to play, and he certainly came through in a big way for 35.3 DraftKings points. Um, in some of the smaller field stuff I played, he was near 40 to 50%. And if you didn't have him, which in a couple of those I didn't, I went waddle like an idiot. And, you know, when he has five for 157 and two, you're done so. So, um, you know. It was obviously a great, great spot for Miami's passing attack going against Washington. Uh, Pittman and Mike Evans were also over 30 DraftKings points this week. So just, you know, Mike Evans was low owned. Michael Pittman was had some ownership. There was a lot of theory there that you beat Tennessee through the air. Uh, so he did come through. For folks, uh, the Eagles guys, Devonta Smith and A.J. Brown, both had solid efforts, uh, 22 and 24 DraftKings points. Puka Nakua had a great game as well. Um, so the overall theme of this week was uh, it was a good week to get a little off the beaten path at wide receiver as Tyreek Hill and Pittman were the only guys with real ownership uh, that did anything. Uh, some of the other, you know, chalky-er pieces were guys like Terry McLaurin, who put up a goose egg. Uh, Chris Godwin had a rushing touchdown, but only got 7.9. He wasn't owned, but... Um, just there was a lot of duds this week. Jalen Waddle, only 10 DraftKings points in what I thought was a great spot for him. Um, do do going down the board a little bit of some of the disappointing plays of the day. You know, Adam Thielen has certainly cooled off after his hot start. A combined seven DraftKings points the past two weeks um, hasn't gone over 15 DraftKings points since week six when he was routinely when he had uh, that hot streak really th week two through week six 20 points 34 15 30 31 since then 15 8 10 15 1 5 so I feel like there may be a changing of the guard in Carolina, more towards Jonathan Mingo, who had a pretty decent game this week, had 12, 13 DraftKings points, back-to-back uh, -back double-digit DraftKings points for Mingo. 
on 16 targets over the last two games, six and 69, zero, four, 60, zero. Still has yet to find the end zone this year, uh, but you got to imagine with that volume that that is coming eventually. Um, obviously, Tank Dell got hurt. Marquise Brown put up a goose egg. Uh, Noah Brown and Robert Woods both put up goose eggs. So there were definitely some landmines out there. I happened to stumble into a couple of them, which is unfortunate. But, um, yeah, just Keenan Allen, 10 DraftKings points. No one was really on that, though. Um, yeah, I just... Tyreek was, you know, there was some obvious spots and then some spots where you go, oh, that makes a lot of sense afterwards, like a Debo and a Nico Collins. Uh, moving on to tight end, Sam Laporta absolutely blew everybody out of the water with his 32 DraftKings points we've seen. Some ceiling performances from Laporta this year, but nothing like this. Nine for 140 and a score. Um, you know, he's been the best rookie tight end bar none this season, continually producing. He's had some dull games mixed in, but just consistently in the low double digits. Um, didn't really get played all that often just due to his price. You know, it's it's kind of tough to pay 6K for a tight end unless it's like an obvious, obvious, obvious smash spot, which it wasn't. You know, I did think that the Lions were going to be able to put up points, but, um, you know, 32 DraftKings points was not something I saw coming from Laporta. McBride continues to smash as well, putting up 23 DraftKings points. Uh, he's been sensational since coming in. And assuming the starter role, his price continues to climb. I assume we'll see him over 5K this week. Um, Kyle Granson for... The Colts put up 10, Chig on Tennessee put up 9, uh, Brevin Jordan had a pretty good game, filling in for Dalton Schultz at 2,500, putting up a 9-ball, uh, 3 catches on 4 targets for 64 yards. Njoku was a little bit of a disappointment at 3 DraftKings points at 4,100. Uh, Thought with Flacco in there that he might be able to have a little more success. Uh, Friermuth, after his monster game, after his return, um, followed it up with three for 29. 5.9 DraftKings points. Uh, Jawan Johnson put up a zero in a game uh, that I thought he could see a lot more work given the injuries to the Saints pass catching corp, uh, but it ended up being Taysom Hill time. Um, and then quickly on defense, the Colts, who you know I liked for GPPs, ended up putting up 19 DraftKings points. Uh, the Chargers that made a lot of sense. The Falcons were. An easy decision, I thought, in cash games at 3,400 going against Tim Boyle and co. All those put up 17 or more DraftKings points. The Dolphins were able to get up to 12. 
Uh, and if you didn't have any of those, you were kind of behind the eight ball in tournaments. Uh, I know the Panthers got some ownership due to their price and Baker being turnover prone, but they were only able to get up three. The Steelers made a lot of sense at home against Arizona. They only put up two DraftKings points. The Saints kind of were sneaky. Um, given that Jared Goff is not immune to th- turning the ball over from time to time. Gotcha a zero. Um, and the Titans, eh, they weren't disappointed. They, they got about what you would expect, about six DraftKings points. Uh, so that does it for week 13. Again, overall thoughts. Um, it was a great week to get weird. I think it's going to be like that again this week, having not seen the pricing yet. Uh, but just the pricing tends to get a little more efficient pending injuries as the year goes on. Um, and I kind of play more and more GPPs as the year goes on. Uh, but moving on to week 14. We have two buys this week in the Washington Commanders. And who is the other team on buy this week? I know definitely Washington is. And do, 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 do. One more second. Sorry about this. The Cardinals. The Cardinals. That's right. Um, so the the. Cardinals and Commanders are on by. Obviously, I think a lot of attention is going to be on that Philly. Oh, that's not amazing. That's Sunday night. That's right. My bad. My bad. Uh, that's So we do not get the Patriots and Steelers. Thank goodness they are on Thursday night football. Um, Sunday night is that Eagles Dallas game, so that takes away two high-powered offenses off the main slate, and for some reason, we have two Monday night football games again, and they both start at the same time. I don't know what that, why, but um, anyway, the Titans head to Miami, so we lose the Miami offense, and the Packers, playing some really great ball as of late, head to the Meadowlands to play the Giants. So, um, overall, it is an 11-game slate this week. Uh, a slight bump compared to what we've been getting normally with the 10-game slate. It is the f- champ, uh, final regular season for season-long fantasy. It's the final week to accumulate points for my best ball people out there. So a big week 14 across the fantasy industry. Uh, hopefully everyone's got some good sweats going into that. But if you're not and you're out of it, let's uh, play some DFS. We only get one quarterback priced above 8000 this week. It's Josh Allen heading to Arrowhead. Uh, we're we're going to have to keep an eye on those injuries for the Chiefs. On defense, if it, if it's pretty bad, this might be a spot. You know, big game, must win for the Bills. 
Allen played out of his mind against Philadelphia last time we saw him. And, uh, you know, if, you know, the Chiefs have been a really good defense against opposing quarterbacks so far this season, but we just saw Jordan Love take him to task. Granted, that was at home. Uh, but, you know, Josh Allen always gets up for playing the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes is down to 7900 and while that is tempting, when you put that price next to that name, the fantasy results just have not been there this year. If you take out playing the Chargers, who everybody but the Patriots smokes, uh, Mahomes has not been over hasn't reached 26 DraftKings points at all this year. He's been at below 20 in three of the last four. It's, uh, you know, tough times for this Chiefs offense. It's not what we have come to know it to be. Lamar Jackson gets a home matchup against the Rams and his 7,700. CJ Stroud heads to the Jets. And is 7,600. Uh, man, Justin Herbert is 7,500. It's been a rough go of things as of late for Chargers. Um, Justin Fields is in an interesting spot at home against Detroit. They played them really well a couple weeks ago. And is only 6,800. That is pretty appealing to me. Uh, Brock Purdy gets a bump, slight bump to 6,500. Probably still too cheap going against this Seattle defense. Uh, Trevor Lawrence at Cleveland, no thank you. Goff in that Chicago game. It's in Chicago. Uh, we'll have to keep an eye on the weather, but I would definitely prefer Fields in that matchup. Stafford goes to Baltimore. That's not really that all appealing. Uh, Minshew at Cincinnati, only 5,400. Uh, I'm recording this during Monday Night Football, but so far Jake Browning has looked pretty excellent in Jacksonville. So at home against Indianapolis for 5,200, that could be pretty appealing. Um, that could be pretty appealing. So some lower end options that caught my eye off the bat would be Minshew and Browning. Uh, I'm really liking Justin Fields and... Obviously, Josh Allen is somebody in consideration to pay up for. Speaking of people in consideration to pay up for, Christian McCaffrey is always that guy. Um, last time he saw Seattle on Thanksgiving, 19-114 and 2 on the ground, 5-425 through the air for 33 DraftKings points. He's a 20-point DraftKings uh, machine only falling below that line twice this season against Dallas and Cleveland in weeks five and six. So obviously Christian McCaffrey is going to be in heavy consideration. Uh, for Sheet Shahid is going to be out. Alvin Kamara got a price reduction down to, or no, same price, same price, sorry, uh, 8,200 home against Carolina. That's pretty juicy. Kyron Williams continues to smash. He's at 7,300 even against Cleveland last week. 
A great defense, 21-88 through the ground and a score. Three catches, 24 yards. Absolutely one of the best roles in the league. Uh, Going down, Josh Jacobs certainly could be in consideration. Rashad White is always in consideration. Pretty interesting 6K range here. So it starts up top with Jacobs and White. Uh, Pacheco in this range, Gibbs and Montgomery, Bijan in the six case, uh, Kenneth Walker, even if he comes back, no thank you, Brees Hall at 6,200 maybe, Joe Mixon having a good Monday night at home against Indianapolis, only 6,100, as gross as it is to click Joe Mixon, you know, maybe people are going to go to him after this good Monday night game, uh, could be an interesting fade spot as I talk about it out loud. Uh, Zach Moss gets priced up to 5,900. Still have interest in him going back to the well there. Jerome Ford continues to be underpriced at 5,500. Going down, Roshan Johnson, if he can keep the role that he had uh, at 4,900 at home, is certainly interesting. Uh, That'll do it. So cheaper guys, Jerome Ford. Uh, possibly Keaton Mitchell at 4,900, Roshan Johnson at 49, but those are more GPP dart throws. Zach Moss is still too cheap at 59. A lot of interest in the 6K guys. And then up top, McCaffrey, Kamara, Kyron Williams. Uh, For receivers, the top dog this week is Stefan Diggs at $8,800, followed up by Keenan Allen, Justin Jefferson, Amon Ross, St. Brown, all above $8,000. Sun God at 82 is certainly interesting, especially coming off a pretty muted week against New Orleans. Uh, Only two catches on six targets, which is a season low for St. Brown. Two for 49, but was able to find the end zone. Uh, Jamar Chase at 7,600. I might be into this Bengals attack, passing attack. We'll see. We'll see. Uh, Devontae Adams feels too cheap at 7,900 going against Minnesota. Uh, I know it's been a roller coaster of a season for Adams. Um, <clears throat> same with Cooper Cup, but I'm not touching that for now. Uh, Debo gets priced up to 68 and Ayuk down to 69. The last time we saw Seahawks, Ayuk was muted to 2 and 50, but also found the end zone. Four straight games with a receiving touchdown for Ayuk. Uh, Debo, Debo's that guy. It's Debo season, I think, again. Um, going down, Calvin Ridley, 6,400 at Cleveland. Eh. The still too pricey, I think, at 6,300. We already talked about my concerns with him. Uh, DJ Moore, interesting spot at 6,500. I know I feel like I'm saying talking about the same teams uh, with Cincinnati and Chicago and San Francisco. Uh, going down the board a little more, Rasheed Rice is interesting. He is having a yo-yo. Uh, but look, 19 targets the past two weeks, 16 catches for 160-some-odd yards. When you're getting the ball, that type of volume from uh, Patrick Mahomes, you are certainly interesting in my eyes. And 5,400 feels like uh, 
we are still getting a discount. You know, Noah Brown's only 400 less dollars at 5,000. So Rashid Wright's definitely someone I have my eyes on. I always have my eyes on Josh Downs. He's only 4,900. Elijah Moore uh, rekindling his connection with Joe Flacco. If he gets another start, 4,500 is certainly a doable price tag on him. Uh, going down the board a little more, um, we saw Christian Kirk leave this Monday night game a little early. If he cannot go Zay Jones at 3,700, I imagine it would be pretty, eh, maybe not at Cleveland, but he'd be interesting, I think. Um, certainly a consideration there. Jameson Williams is always worth a look. Uh, Jonathan Bingo is only 3,500 going against New Orleans. I talked about his increased role as of late. So Mingo is certainly someone I have my eyes on. Tight end. Uh, Kelsey is obviously the most expensive at 7,800, but uh, I don't know if I can go there. Laporta gets up to 6,100. Hawkinson, 6,000. Kittles, 5,900. A lot of expensive tight ends uh, relative to the position this week. Taysom Hill is 5,400. Kincaid is 5,500. Uh yeah, but then after that, like, who do you want to play if you don't play any of those guys? Evan Ingram at 4,800 in Cleveland. Cole Komet, maybe, at home against Detroit for $4,300. Njoku again for 4100 I might go back to Njoku. He's had, what is it, one, two, three, four, six straight Double-digit fantasy points uh, prior to last week. I think I'm I'm willing to go back to Njoku. Uh, not sure off the top of my head how good against the tight end the Jaguars are, but that's something I will be digging into this week. Uh, yeah, if uh, Schultz is out again, Brevin Jordan is... 3,100, I would have no problems going back to him even in uh, facing the Jets. Speaking of the Jets and the Texans, Texans are the highest-priced defense at 4,000. Tim Boyle, well, actually, Trevor Simeon probably. Who cares? Uh, Saints at home against Carolina, 3,900. Bucks at Atlanta, 3,800. 49ers, you get a disc. Count-ish, kind of, at 3700 Uh Going down, going down. I'm not paying for that, especially for, like, a double-up or a 50 uh, head-to-head matchup. Uh, not a lot here. Um, Atlanta at home against Tampa Bay for 2900 I guess we're going to be spending 3000 in the low 3000s. Chargers at home? No, they stink. Uh, boy, Detroit? No. Colts? At Cincy? I talked about how much I might be into Cincy. That might be Jacksonville at Cleveland, 3600 I'm going to have to really dig in here and Take a look at this. This is this looks like a really tough D 
DST week on DraftKings. Um, but looking forward to digging into it more. Be on the lookout for uh, my DFS delivery later this week. Keith and I will be on the ones and twos Friday night, giving you your week 14 preview. Good luck to everybody fighting for a spot in your fantasy leagues. Good luck to everybody looking for advancements in best ball. Good luck to everybody playing DFS showdown Monday night, Thursday night. We do it all. You'll see us on the main slate for week 14 as well. Follow me on Twitter at mlefem 10 I also do some GPP plays on Sunday mornings, a nice little thread, one for each position. Uh, I'm also very available for any questions that you have throughout the week. Thanks for joining me, and until next time, let's roll.